Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your jovial podcast host. This week and next, we're going to be talking about uh, one of my favorite shows, and it is a show that has not received the respect it deserved, and that is Wings. I worked on Wings for over four years as a consultant, a writer, and a director, and I was very pleased to see that there is now a book all about the TV series Wings. It is called There Once Was a Show from Nantucket, A Complete Guide to the TV Sitcom Wings by Rob Leshack. And Rob is my guest this week and next. It's really fun because we just sit and chat a lot about the book and the history of Wings, and it also gives me a chance to recall certain incidents and memories, that sort of thing. Like I said, it's a fun two-week interview. Part one starts right now on Hollywood and Levine. Well, the first thing I have to say is that having been with Wings for over four years and knowing the inside story, reading your book, I have to compliment you on how accurate it was. Oh, Because a lot well, of times, you. you know, I'll read these books about shows that I've been involved with and I'll go, they never did that. That never <laughs> happened. I don't know where they came up with that. But uh, there was nothing in your book where uh, I didn't go, like, oh, yeah, that's the way it happened. And in some cases, I went, oh, really? I, I didn't even know that. So wow. kudos to you. Thank so you. So my first question is this. Why write a book about wings? Because nobody had done it. Uh, I call this my COVID book. <laughs> I hadn't planned. I had done 10 books previous to this. And there's so much work. And when you do pop culture books like this, it's a one-man show. It's a one-man band. You do everything, including the index. And I swore I wouldn't do another book. But I'm also a screen extra, a SAG after a screen extra. And in March, March 13th, Friday the 13th of March, everything shut down. 
So I needed some creative outlet besides just being on the radio, and I thought of the Wings book. It had always been in the back of my mind, and I had even presented it at one time to another publisher who said, ah, I don't know if a whole book about Wings is appropriate. Uh, so, so I kind of put it on the back burner. But I, had, I knew this COVID thing wasn't going to end soon. So I said, let me, let me try this. And the first publisher I went to said, yeah. In fact, the guy who runs the publishing of Bear Manor Media, he said his, the only sitcom he watched in the entire decade of the 90s was Wings. It's his favorite sitcom. So it was absolutely perfect. He signed me to a contract like <laughs> instantly as soon as I presented the idea to him. And so I had all this time uh, with the shutdown of all television shows, East and West, and uh, compiled the book. And here it is. It's, it's finally out from Bear Manor Media and available wherever books are sold online. <laughs> well, I mentioned in the introduction that it was a show that did not get the recognition it deserved. No. It really, really is a funny show. And I'm I very proud to have been associated with Wings. Um, what about the show struck you when, well, when you watched it? I've always liked the shows from uh, Angel, Casey, and Lee. David Angel, Peter Casey, David Lee. I loved Cheers, which you were also involved with. I loved Wings from the very first day I saw it and followed it all eight seasons when it was initially airing on NBC. And I also loved Frasier. I still love Frasier. I watch the reruns on Cozy every night. Uh, I just like the writing, the very defined characters. And I had seen in planning out the book that there were so many books about other shows, but nothing about Wings. There were many books about Cheers, many books about... Frasier and just about every other sitcom, except Wings was ignored. And it's always been ignored. It won no Emmys. It was only nominated for three. The cast was never on the cover of TV Guide. It was always the fair-haired stepchild in Paramount Studios. And I wanted to give it its just rewards because I've loved it all these years, and I still love it today. The episodes are as fresh as ever. I have uh, the DVD set right here with all 172 episodes. I've watched them a million times, and I wanted to put it on paper. And in interviewing almost 100 of the people involved with the show, I was absolutely amazed at how many of them were so appreciative, thanking me for giving the show some street cred because it never had it. Yeah, you know, we would sit in the writing room and we would go, this is our best stuff. It's not like if we stayed a half an hour later, the show would be <laughs> any better. It's like, uh, why isn't this, you know, being recognized more? We were always in the shadow of shows right. like Cheers, which was kind of unfair. So let's talk a little bit about the origin of it. Uh, I was there really from the very first table reading of the wow. pilot, but... Talk about the casting. Who were some of the people that they saw who they didn't cast? Everybody from Megan Mullally, um, Perry Gilpin. was the, the Helen role was the hardest to cast. Uh, people like Todd Waring was up for both the, the uh, Hackett brothers, Brian and um, Joe. Joe. <laughs> and he was also and, up for Helen. 
<laughs> yeah, we we see why that didn't happen. But but there were many big names that uh, that tried out, and none of them were perfect. Including Tom Hayden Church had tried out for both Brian and Joe, and he wasn't right for either one of those. But Angel Casey and Lee saw something in him that was so unique: his delivery, his voice, just everything about him was so. They had to create a character for the show because they didn't want to lose him. And so Lowell came about. Um, and so many great characters were added uh, along the show's run. Tony Shalhoub and uh, Farrah Forky and Amy Yazbek in the last three seasons. And no matter who left and who joined the cast, it just worked. Uh, the, the characters on all of those shows from Paramount in that era were so defined and, and you really knew them. And um, in fact, some of the some of the cast, Tim Daly, there's, there's a quote in the book where he used to kind of fight back saying, you're, you're we're doing this too much. We're overplaying this. But then he realized that the people watching really knew the characters because they'd play a beat several times and it would really be defined. And and it's true. People really knew what to expect from those characters. They were they were almost like family. Right. And they also made a concerted effort to bring on some actors who you haven't seen before. And again, it's a different era of television. It was all I mean, fresh faces. Now, when they cast shows, they want everybody who has been in other shows so that they're right. immediately recognizable. But you never saw David Schramm on no. shows before you never saw tony shalhoub you never saw rebecca show and crystal, i crystal think one is of the, the appeals one... of the show is just that that they introduced you to new people crystal was the only exception having been on happy days and it's a living but yeah they were all fresh faces on all the shows on cheers and on um on wings but not so much on Frazier, because we had seen Frazier and Lilith, but the people surrounding him were all new faces. So, yeah, uh, Jane Leaves and right. Perry Gilpin. And, right. And yeah. You haven't David seen Hyde John Harris, Mahoney certainly. that much. John Mahoney yeah. didn't do that much television. You know, we talk about Helen and the fact that she has this Texas accent. And I remember sitting in the room that first day we had been to the table reading and we went back to the writer's room to rewrite. And we were all saying, wait, she grew up in Nantucket? She, <laughs> she sounds like she's from Texas. <laughs> and so it's like, well, we went with the best actress. We're like, well, sure, okay. So how do we explain it? And we all came up with this Band-Aid where she was born in Texas and moved there when she was when like she was 10. 10. And, yeah. you know, we don't explain why she still has the Texas accent. And why her sister doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was supposed to be Greek with dark hair. Initially, she was going to be Helen Triankis. That was the mm -hmm. original name planned with Perry Gilpin or Megan Mullally or one of those. I think Terry Hatcher also. Yes, she did. Read yes. for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. Right, right. And uh, she became, when they saw uh, Crystal Bernard, they said, oh, it's got to be her. So they, they, like you said, a Band-Aid, just to, to explain it away. Not that people would really believe it, but uh, it worked. They were a great cast. And the yes. other thing that y you find... And we certainly 
enjoyed was the fact that everybody really did get along with everyone else. And sometimes you go on these sets and there is just a tension level of tension. There is just a palpable anxiety mm. that just hovers over everything. And that was never the case with Wings, no. with the and cast, with the crew, everybody. I heard that from all the guest stars, that it was such a pleasure. They were so welcomed, and they had never experienced that on any other show, but, but they felt like a regular cast member, even though they were there for maybe one or two episodes. And that's very refreshing. But it's, across the board, I got that response, which is And great. we'll talk about some of those guest stars when we return right after this. I would now like to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. This is Upstart. So what is Upstart? Well, it is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off all of your debt all online. Now, if you have multiple credit cards, you know that tracking multiple balances, due dates, and website logins can be stressful, not to mention expensive. Well, Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debts, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. And Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because, and this is kind of important, they assess more than just your credit score. So if debt has taken over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Want to find out more? Sure you do. Believe me, this is something you should look into. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Hollywood. Once again, that's upstart.com slash Hollywood. Don't forget the slash Hollywood to let them know that we sent you. Okay? Loan amounts can be determined based on your credit income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. You can find out later in the day whether you are approved, and you can get your money sometimes the next business day. Wow. Go to upstart.com slash Hollywood. Hollywood and the fine. Welcome back. We're talking with Rob Lessack, who wrote a terrific book called There Once Was a Show from Nantucket. A complete guide to the TV sitcom Wings. Before the break, we talked about guest stars, and there were any number of them. Who were some of the people who guest starred on Wings? Oh, goodness. Norman Lloyd, Debbie Reynolds, Gilbert Gottfried, um, Eric Christmas. There, there, there were so many over the years. Oliver uh, North. Funny Oliver, man, Oliver North. North. <laughs> With, uh, Clint Black. Uh, Oliver North was an interesting one because... The, the, the cast was kind of taken aback by that one because, you know, he was kind of notorious and they, they put him in this, this comic light kind of, you know, shucking it all off. And in the responses to that episode, nobody was comfortable with him being there. So it, was, it was kind of an interesting choice. Uh, nobody knows why it was done, but probably to promote his book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I long for the days when... Our worst national villain was Oliver North. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Please bring it, bring it back. Bring back those days. Time machine. I do remember when Debbie Reynolds guested. <laughs> At the time, she had her own hotel in Laughlin, Nevada. And I remember sitting in the writing room, and 
we said, you know what we should do? We should call tomorrow morning on the set and go, uh, Miss Reynolds, um, the toilet uh, is overflowing in, in room 309. Do you remember where you put the plunger? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, she played she played the mom. Uh, yeah. and, and she was supposed to, in the episode, uh, grant Helen and Joe $10,000, but she had gambled. She had a, a stopover in Las Vegas with her flight, and she gambled it all away. <laughs> and she had given $10,000 to... Casey, played by Amy Asbeck, when she got married. And uh, so they were expecting the same thing. It's a very funny episode. Yeah. Um, another very funny episode, actually one of my favorites, uh, is the one where Chip Zion plays a disgruntled clown. clown. Yes. This was later <laughs> in the run. Very late, but yeah. there is a scene with him and David Schramm that is one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. of the in, entire In the series. little trailer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great. So here's the weird thing. I was associated with the show, like I said, for over four years. And for the first four seasons, I was the creative consultant. And what that mm-hmm. means is that on rewrite night, I would show up at the stage at like four o'clock in the afternoon and I would watch a run through, full run through. And then we would discuss with the actors whatever issues there were. And and I went back to the writing room, and along with the staff, we did the rewrite of the script, which usually lasted until 10, 11 at night. Sometimes we were lucky and got out (laughs) at 8.30, and other times we were there till 5 o'clock in the morning and saw the sun come up. It just depends on the episode. But the point is, I was there for like, a hundred of these episodes, and in your book, you have very detailed descriptions of each and every episode, and in some cases, you have some behind-the-scene fun facts and Quotes, nuggets and that sort of thing. Pictures. Pictures, lots of pictures in the book, which, which was terrific. But I'm reading some of these synopsis, and I don't <laughs> remember them at all. Wow. It's like, and, wait a minute. And uh, you were there. I was there. I was there. I saw the actors on the stage. <laughs> I spent seven hours working on that script. There were probably lines of mine in that episode. In and I just have no... Some I do. Some I go, oh, sure, the golf episode. Right, yeah. right. Oh, okay, I love yeah. that one. Yeah, the yeah. Bogey oh, yes. the, the the dates and the puppet and it, like yeah, I <laughs> I remember that. But then there are episodes where I'm like, wow. I think part of it is because it aired on Thursday night, and Thursday night was Cheers. That was their rewrite night. Right, right. So I never actually saw a lot of these shows the when they right. when they aired. You but saw the was, big shot, but you didn't see them. It was aired. it was very freaky. I will tell you a story that that isn't in the book. Oh no, and it's I missed kind of one. Understandable because uh, I wasn't the writer of the the show per se, but it was one of the, if not the weirdest rewrite night that I had ever been in. I don't know the title of the show. You probably do. It's a two parter. And 
part of the premise is dealing with a fishmonger or a seafood plant or something, and the other half is dealing with the local community theater doing a production of The Phantom of the Oprah. Oprah, yes, yes. And okay. then it's a two-parter. Two-parter. So this is familiar to you. So David Angel wrote both parts. And David, who is a terrific writer, for some reason, he saw this story in his head and he just wanted to go off and write it. And so he went back east. And the plan was that we were going to shoot part one, then take a week's hiatus, at which time David would come back with part two. Okay. Part two had not been written. And then we would shoot part two. So when we were in production with part one, we had no idea what was going to happen in part two. Now, we go down to this run-through, and it's a mess. <laughs> okay? So we come back up to the office, and that happens. It, it happens all the time. Right. There's always going to be three or four scripts during the course of the season that are just... Loose ends. Right. And you just have to live with it. It's going to be and a late night. you just night. know you're going to roll up your sleeves. This is going to be a tough week. And you never know going in at the start of the season which of the three episodes <laughs> are going to be the ones that kill you. But uh, this was the one. This was the one. Normally, when that happens, you go, okay, let's rethink it. And you start throwing out story points and bringing in a new subplot and completely changing an attitude and suddenly a a character who was an ex-boyfriend now becomes a dentist and you do whatever you have to do (laughs) and rewrite and fix the show. Make it work. But in this case, we had no idea what was coming in part two, so we didn't know what we could change. (laughs) As if you... (laughs) got rid of the fishmonger well the fishmonger might be featured prominently right in part two two. and the phantom of the oprah you you know normally you'd go well okay um let's just throw the phantom of the oprah out and and let's just do something else that was you know casey takes tap dancing lessons and and (laughs) let's move on but you're going well uh so of course we call David Angel to say, tell us what happens in part two. (laughs) And he was out for the evening. Oh, no. So all of us are sitting around going, what do we do? What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) What do we do? We can't just say, well, let's see it another day. And Cass knew that that was in trouble. So you have to do something. And you're going, well, can we change this? But it's not enough that it might affect something else. And can we just try to add a few jokes here and try to patch that up? Oh man, that was, like I said, the weirdest rewrite I've ever been in because we didn't know what we could and could not fix. And a lot of uh, quotes about that, those two episodes in the book from a lot of the, the guest stars, uh, Derek Basco, um, I forget the uh, Jim Brochu, who played uh, the uh, director of the play Phantom mm-hmm. of the Opera, and one of the one of the people who played uh, one of the jury 
in that episode too. Uh, there's a lot of, it sounds very confusing and, it, and the two parts that come together are very, <laughs> it really don't mesh, but, but somehow it works all in the end. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was definitely a, a strange one. <laughs> but you made it work. Well, for me, it is week 45 being in lockdown. That's a lot of home cooking, a lot of dinners at home. And as a result, I've tried a number of the value meal kits. And here is the best one I have found by far, every plate. Now, you get great food with every plate, and it's a fraction of the cost of all of those other value meal kits. And I don't know why they're called value meal kits, because there's no value in them. But there is with every plate. And you get tremendous variety. 14 different recipes per week. Look, you cook at home, you decide, okay, I'm going to get takeout food just for variety. It's expensive. It is expensive. And... If you're using Postmates or DoorDash, they throw on another 20%. It's an awful lot of money. It is a fraction of the cost if you use every plate. And it makes it affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals in about 30 minutes. I use it. I love it. I do it about three times a week now. And by the way, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. I'm, I'm eating well and losing a little weight. So try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off of your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering the code HOLLYWOOD199. Okay, get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal plus an additional 20% off another two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering the code HOLLYWOOD199. Again, that is HOLLYWOOD199. Every plate. We had some terrific writers mm-hmm. along the run. Of yes, wings. some of the best ever. In fact, some, some of the writers who were quoted in the book were intimidated by the people around them, including you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know. can see, I'm an intimidating. <laughs> I'm yes, surprised yeah. I haven't made you cry yet. Any moment, any moment now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we had uh, Steve Levitan. Yes. I think this was his first staff job. Right. And he went on to do Just Shoot Me and then... Um, Modern Family with uh, another alum from Wings, Chris Lloyd. Right. Most quoted in the book. Yep. You have Bruce Rasmussen, who now is on the Connors, and Adam Belanoff, who Mm -hmm. uh, did The Closer for a number of years. Right. And Mike Saltzman and Billy Diamond. All of these people quoted. Yes. Yeah. Part of Murphy Brown. Great Um, guy. Yeah. Dave Hackle, who was a showrunner. And later went on to create Becker. I love Dave Hackle. He's helped me with four of my books. He's an absolute angel. He's, he's a well, what other books has he helped you with? Uh, my How many singles, shows has he done? <laughs> my single season sitcom books. I have three volumes of that, all about short live sitcoms. The first one, 1948 to 79. The second one, just the 80s. And the third one, the 90s. And he had a show in each of those. And he's, he's been wonderful. Very helpful to me all, all through uh, the entire project. Yeah, terrific. Um, I'm going to tell another story of the <laughs> rewrite room. Uh-oh. Okay. 
No, this was my greatest moment, and I've never been able to duplicate it. And a little backstory: at the time, I was also consulting on a show called Sibs. Oh, yeah. For ABC. And this was a Jim Brooks show. And Jim Brooks, for those who don't know, was the co-creator of the Mary Tyler Moore show, Taxi, The Simpsons, did the movie Terms of Endearment and won three Oscars in one night. This guy was amazing. And I had heard stories about Jim Brooks before, but I had never actually seen it in action. And I had worked with him on The Simpsons and The Tracy Ullman Show, but never had I been in a writing room with Jim. Jim could pitch out an entire scene. He could just start, okay, so interior terminal day. Joe enters, Joe says, blub. Brian says, blub. Faye, blub. Brian, it's just like Mozart, right. you know, with, with all the jokes and all the lines. He could just pitch out a whole scene. Wow. And, and I watched him do this any number of times in complete awe. <laughs> and I remember Sibs was like, the Wednesday night rewrite and wings was Thursday. So it's kind of channeling Jim, you know, week after week, I'd be in a room with Jim. So there was a scene in a wings episode. I don't remember what the episode is. You probably do. It's a scene where Brian walks into the bathroom and Helen is in the tub. Oh Yeah. That was one of the wedding episodes. The, okay. When she, married, when she married Tony Shalhoub to keep him in the country. Great. Whatever. That was the one that Mar- we were working on that night. Marriage Italian style. We were having trouble getting into that scene. And I had an idea and I said, okay, what about this? And I pitched out just like Jim, the entire scene, just line by line, joke by joke, as if I was almost reading it from a script. <laughs> and when I finished, everyone in the room applauded. I have never been able to do that again. <laughs> never. <laughs> you Not had your moment. Close. You had I, your I guess it's one of those things, you know, you hear people where they have those adrenaline rushes and they're mm-hmm. able to lift a Buick. <laughs> yes, that was yours. That was mine. That was mine because for some <laughs> otherworldly <laughs> reason, I was able to pitch out that scene. You could have lifted the Cessna. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> I yeah, could have. That's part of that uh, two-parter where uh, to keep Tony Shalhoub's character Antonio in the, in the, in the country, uh, Crystal Bernard's Helen has to marry him at the last minute. And, uh, so, and then he has What's to the name in. of that episode? Because I want to go back and see it. Marriage, I haven't seen it in marriage, years. I may marriage, watch it again and go, this isn't that good. <laughs> marriage Italian <laughs> style. isn't that great. Marriage Italian style and divorce Italian style. Okay. I, w- I will a, go back. They are great episodes. What's interesting about Wings also is 
we were doing okay in the ratings. Mm-hmm. And then the USA Network began. That and they cool. ran wings like 15 times. And we were still <laughs> first run. And we were worried that, well, now no one's going to want to watch the first run shows because there are 80 episodes that are on all the time and people are watching those. And it proved to be just the opposite. Right, right. You had your, I think 18 was, was, was the best for a, for a season on Wings. And that was at the time the uh, USA Network was running the shows. I, I used to watch it. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And I would enjoy the episodes that I had missed the first time around, plus uh, watch the new ones on Thursday nights. Did the show change in terms of the the comedy, the tone? Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, once Angel, Casey, and Lee had left, and then David Hackle, uh, the, the show got a little more strange, and they were looking for strange. <laughs> <laughs> once it was uh, Reisman and, and uh, Gervitz, running the show and uh, some different writers had come in. They were really looking to uh, push the envelope and and get the show in in a, in a weirder direction. And they even had these little vignettes at the end for the end credits uh, that would continue the story and have another weird little 32nd featurette that was not part of any previous season. And and the characters got a little more out there. They they were really stretching by that point to try to think of some new ideas, uh, new new ways to go for the same characters who had been there for like six seasons already. And it it still worked. Even even like the the wedding episode when Joe and Helen finally tied a knot, uh, it got sillier and sillier, but it still worked. The, the, it stayed intact. The humor was still there and, and, uh, the ratings held up pretty well. One thing I remember, too, is that every Christmas we tried to do a really subversive <laughs> Christmas episode, different Christmas show. We really tried to go against the grain of the usual sappy mm-hmm. Christmas episode. And Wings had six Christmas episodes, mm-hmm. six different ones. And it all started with the one with uh, them dropping Faye's third George out of an airplane, the, the, the uh, ashes from, uh, that she had kept in a cookie jar. And she was sitting all alone. They, they all crash her party thinking she's having a party because they have nowhere to go on Christmas Day. This was season two, a terminal Christmas, it's called. And from there, every Christmas was different. But you're right, a, a little peculiar and very entertaining. And that will do it for part one with Rob Leshek. And we'll be back next week for more talk and uh, reflections on the TV series Wings. As always, our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister Butler, to Howard Hoffman, John Wolford, and Bruce and Jason Miller. I am reachable anytime via email, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. I'm on Twitter at Ken Levine, also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Part two, coming up next week, more talk about wings right here on Hollywood and Levine. Have a great week. Stay safe. See you soon. Hollywood and Levine.